The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Today's episode is brought to you by RamShirts.com, the company that brought you Crush City Tees. Ram Shirts offers custom printed and embroidered apparel. They offer direct-to-garment printing for small runs and screen printing for larger runs. Follow them on Twitter and Instagram at RamShirts. Visit RamShirts.com for all your custom apparel needs. Listeners of this podcast, enter promo code BASEBALL and you will get 25% off your order. Without further ado, today's guest, Round Rock Tim. Welcome to Astros Baseball, a podcast by a fan. For the fans of the Houston Astros, here is your host, Rob Fontenot. Hey guys, thanks for tuning in to this episode of Astros Baseball. My guest today is Round Rock Tim. That's what he's known as on Twitter. Uh, Tim, thanks for coming on, buddy. Thank you, Robert. I appreciate it. So just a heads up to everyone listening, I put a poll on Twitter this morning, and Tim and I and some other guys were uh, commenting on it and having a conversation. So I, I was already putting the show together. I invited him on, and uh, he agreed to come on. So I do appreciate it. Thank you. All right. So the first one, let's just start with the uh, the poll. As of now, let me let me refresh this real quick. As of now, the uh, I'll just click on it. Okay, there's 118 votes, and it's been about three hours. Uh, of the four core players for the Astros, what set of two would you you prefer to sign long term? And I just made up some combinations, but the combination of Bregman and Correa is currently winning at 64.4%. And that was actually your answer as well, right? Yes, it was. And, I mean, okay, so just why did you make that selection? Well, in my opinion, they are the two best players on the Astros, and they are, of the four options, the two youngest players uh, combination. So, uh, to me, it was a no-brainer. I mean, you're getting the two youngest players and the two best players uh, so if you're going to sign uh, long-term extensions, that's probably the best bet to do it. Yeah, so I guess my premise of the question would be, I mean, because Bregman and Correa, I mean, Bregman and Altuve are already signed through 2024. So, you know, and Springer's practically already gone. So it's, it's, it's really isn't reality. It's more of a fantasy type question. You know, you just have to, wipe the slate clean and pretend that none of them are signed. Yeah, that's and, and my first reaction, call it the eye test or a feeling, mine was Springer and Correa. That was my initial reaction, you know, when I was when I think about who what two would I keep. And after doing research for the podcast 
today, I've changed opinions. And so let's talk about it. Okay. So the, the, the first category is age. And you pointed this out already. Bregman and Correa are 26. Altuve's 30. Springer's 31. So Bregman and Correa are leading, leading the race just based on age. And then if you go with war, that's a, a big category, you know, people look at now. Uh, Altuve has the highest career war, but you have to break this down into how many games they've played. So Altuve's played 1,291 games, and Bregman is the lowest at 559. So what I did, and I don't know if this is correct, it's just my own way of doing math. I got the career war, and I divided it by the number of games they played. And so I came up with these numbers, and it's a decimal point. But if you, if you do that, the number one war per game is Bregman at 0, 0,41. And number two is Correa. So if you go age is Bregman and Correa, war is Bregman and Correa. So they're leading the first two categories. What, uh, how much strength do you give uh, the category of war on this in deciding which one to pick up? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's funny you mentioned the war per game because I actually broke it down last year and Bregman and Correa were like neck and neck. I mean, very close on war per game. Um, and, and I think people will be surprised Altuve was pretty, a pretty far distant fourth among the four. Um, you know, he had that one MVP year in 2017, um, and he's sort of started to decline a little bit since that time. And um, I, and I've mentioned this, I do have some concerns going forward with Altuve that whether he's going to maintain, you know, being a well above average hitter as opposed to just a, an above average hitter. Um, and I, and the only concern I have with Correa is his back issues. Um, if he's healthy, he ha he's, he's right there at Bregman, in my mind, is the best player on the Astros. So, um, you know, his defense at short, um, you know, his range isn't as strong as the elite defensive shortstop, but he has such a cannon for an arm, he saves so many outs or gets so many outs from his arm alone. So when you take war into account, defense matters, and I think you got to look at Correa's defense at short. See, I didn't even know that. That's how little into stats that I am. I didn't even know defense. I, I didn't figure in defense, but I would have to figure Bregman and Correa were probably the best two defenders on the team uh, just by watching the games. And what you just said about war, you know, when, when I divided it by the games, uh, Bregman was 41, Correa was 38. Springer was 34 and Altuve was 28. So the difference in Bregman and Altuve is 41. It's zero. It's point zero 41, but I'm just saying 41. But it's 41 against 28. So, I mean, per game, Bregman gives you more bang for the buck. Easily. And, and I actually, I broke it down. When I broke it down last year, it was before the season started. Correa, as we know, during the regular season last year was not good. He really struggled. He turned it on the playoffs last year. But before the season started, Bregman and Correa, were, again, were neck and neck on war per game. Um, but Correa had such a rough uh, regular season in 2020 that it brought his number down slightly. But he's still pretty close to being on, at Bregman's level. 
Okay, so then I, I looked at on-base percentage, which I guess all this probably goes into war. Sure. Okay, so on-base percentage, Bregman's number one. Altuve and Springer tied for two with 361. Bregman was 381. And Correa was 353. And then when you, but when you go to OPS, which more people look at, Bregman is number one again at 902, but Correa jumps up to number two with 883. Springer also jumps ahead of Altuve with 852, and Altuve's last in uh, OPS with 819. And I would think that would have something to do with the slugging percentage, which he's also at the bottom of that. Yeah, and I'll if I just give my opinion here, you know, everyone loves Altuve, his personality. Um, you know, he's just a, he's a very likable player, but he's also very he's very protected by Astros fans. I mean, you cannot say anything negative about Altuve, and I, I get it to an extent, but I mean, to me, he's clearly the fourth worst player of these four players. I mean, he just clearly is, and it's nothing against Altuve; he's still a very good player, but you know, he's he's not a good defensive second baseman. Um, his OBP is pretty much driven by his batting average. He's not a high walk percentage guy. Um, and he's, you know, he's 30, going to be 31. So he's, you know, he's starting to show, and he has injury problems from the past. So I, I do have concerns with Altuve. Um, I have, and I love the guy, but if, if, if I was ranking the players on best to worst, it would go Bregman, Correa, Springer, Altuve of those four. Okay, so the next core category I had is durability. And I, I, actually, I actually put a lot of weight on this. Yep. And again, I could be wrong. I'm not a professional stat guy. This is just what I came up with. What I did is I took the percentage of games that they've played of the 162 regular season, and I even figured in this past season with the 60 games, but I removed their rookie season because I don't know how long they were on the team. You know what I'm saying? I don't know exactly how many games they might have missed. I know Correa played 99 games his rookie year, so that kind of hurts him a little bit. But so I took their rookie season away. And then I got a percentage of how many games they played for the Astros. And... Bregman, once again, he's number one, 93%. And I could be wrong. Like I said, I'm not a professional, but I come up with 93%, Altuve at 91, and then Springer at 82, and Correa at 71. So according to this, even if Correa is one of the two best players, we only get him 71% of the time. So that weighs a lot with me. Yep. And that's, but, and I agree with you. I mean, Correa has, we all know about his prior injury history uh, with the back. Um, that's something he has to show. This, I mean, this is his last year before going into free agency. Um, he's going to have to show he can stay healthy if he wants the large contract he's hoping for. Uh, but we, you know, a lot of Altuve's was driven from his early years. He's, he's starting to show some injury history, you know, 18 and 19 recently, more recently, I, I would say as opposed to from 2013, 14, 15, when he was never injured. Um, and that tends to happen with guys like him that are small in stature, who, who rely on their legs. Um, you know, that tends to wear, uh, wear down as they get older in their career. 
Um, Greg has been very um, healthy and, and, and durable for you know, his time with the Astros. Springer has been up until recently, but again, age is now a factor. He's, I mean, he's 31. Uh, he'll be 32 at the end of this next season. Um, you know, legs uh, tend to give out as you get older. Um, so that's why I looked at the overall best player when I'm ranking this. And although I, I, I agree Correa's injury issue is a concern, he's also the, probably the youngest player of, of the four. So he has more time to heal and not worry about age being a factor as much as, say, Altuve or Springer. So, um, yes, I, I, but I do agree with you're saying there is a concern with Correa's uh, injury history. So if you look at Springer, he played 162 games in his third season. And then he played 140, 140, 122. He did play 51 last year, but you look at 140, 140, 122, that, that screams injury problems. I mean, but Springer's injuries come from hustling. Like, he hurts himself. Or I guess one year he got hit by a pitch, so it's not like, you know, he's getting back massages or anything. And then you, you nailed it when you talked about Altuve. You know, he's 152, 158, 160, he's all high. And the last three years, well, the two, the two full years, 19 and 18, he was 137 and 124. Right. And then last year he played 48. Uh, so he is declining. Yeah, but, but overall he is 91. <clears throat> and I guess age, he is 30, so he's the... He's the so you got two guys that are 26, and Altuve's 30. And then if you're looking at signing him now for like a six-year deal, he'll be 36 at the end. And then you, you talked about Altuve's fielding. You know, he's not an elite fielder. And last year, I, I, don't, I mean, I think it was all in his head, but he even forgot how to throw last year. Yeah, I, I think I'll, of all the players that I, that I worry about that would be affected by the science-stealing scandal, I think Altuve is the one that would be affected by the most. Because um, he just he, – he just you get the feeling he wants to be liked. And he, he was adored by the fans before the – by all fans in baseball. People loved Altuve. Right. You know, short guy, batting average champion many years, you know, World Series champion, just you know, defying the odds – and then for whatever reason, he became kind of the, the scapegoat. And he really, if you follow Tony Adams on Twitter, he actually used the bang scheme the least of any player in the Astros. But, but, but because he kind of faced the franchise, he got labeled as the cheater, you know, a fraud. And it's a shame because he really shouldn't have because he really did not use the bang scheme like Correa and, um, and Springer and, and Bregman did. So, um, but because of his personality, I think he's going to have a tougher time dealing with the abuse on the road that the team will get as opposed to the Correa. He, that, that guy's just so strong mentally. Nothing faces him. He can deal with anything. That's why I love Correa and Bregman. I, I'm not sure. We'll see. But Correa, he, he could, he stands up. He's, he's been kind of the face of the franchise since this science scandal, as far as standing up for the Astros players and being able to you know, face the music and backing it up. I mean, he was amazing in the playoffs last year. So um, you know, Correa is one guy I, I would like to see the Astros extend, um, I, but I do have some some concerns over his back injury. Um, uh, Altuve, I think, would be the, seems to be the most bothered by the fans' reaction to the science stealing scandal. So you talk about the scandal. You have Altuve 
was the guy doing all the, ha- you know, having the walk-offs. He was, he was walking off, defeating the Yankees, who are a, a huge fan base that is complaining about it. I mean, they're the biggest part of the people that are complaining and crying and, you know, whatever you want to call it. And he was also the MVP one year. He, you know, and they think that he stole it from LeMahieu. Uh, and he was accused of the buzzer. I mean, he got a lot of the attention. And us as Astro fans, you know, and I, I think maybe it's because he was the leader at the time. You know, he's the he was the face of the franchise. And also that he didn't cheat, you know, he didn't really use it. So maybe that even upset him more. And I, I still don't understand to this day, and I never will, why someone on that team didn't say, guys, we can't do this. We're going to get caught. We got to stop this. We, I mean, but no one did. And, and that's just unbelievable. And then you talk about Bregman. I, I, when you talked about Correa, you know, being the, the voice and standing up, I mean, when Bregman was in his uh, MVP race, in 2019, I mean, he was doing the Conor McGregor walk. He was doing the stare. And, I mean, he was, he had a lot of swag. But uh, 2020, he didn't have any at all. Yeah, he, yeah, he was not his normal self last year. I mean, yeah, I think he had a 116 OPS plus, which is still decent. But he was, you know, he was around 150, 160 in 18 and 19. So, yeah, he didn't have that swag last year because he wasn't hitting as well as last year. And, and, and maybe the sign ceiling affected him as well. Um, Altuve, you know, uh, in the playoffs, he came around, and that was good to see. But uh, he was he was not good in the regular season last year. And, uh, you know, and you mentioned, I think you nailed it, you know, Yankees fan, the Yankees have the largest fan base. Um, Altuve has pretty much destroyed them in the playoffs every time they've met the Astros. And so, mm-hmm. of course, they're, and, you know, Judge was second MVP in 17 to Altuve. So they're vitriol is going to be directed at Altuve, even though they, they don't, I don't know if they, they either they don't know that he didn't really participate in the science ceiling or they don't want to face the music that he didn't, but he's the guy they're going after because he's the guy that destroyed the franchise basically for the last four or five years. Okay. Yeah, you're right. He, they think he stole it from judge. I think judge might've won it that year, but he was rookie. He was a rookie. So they, I, I, that's how I looked at it. Like, well, we'll just give him rookie of the year. Like, he's a rookie. He doesn't need both of them, you know? <laughs> so yeah. your final answer is Bregman and Correa. E- easily, yeah. For me, it's and, a, no doubt. And 63.9% agree with you. Myself, that's, I mean, I could be wrong, but after looking at, at these stats... I mean, Altuve's at the bottom of a lot of them at the age... And I mean, I would lean. I, I think the Astros have the right two guys. I mean, I would go with Bregman and uh, Altuve. And I mean, I just can't. I just wouldn't want to give uh, Correa that long-term deal over Altuve just based on that seventy-one percent durability rate. Sure, and I, that's a, that's an argument you can make. You know, I, I don't. I can't uh, dispute that. Um, I know a lot of people would like to i guess i say i'm wired a little different than most fans i don't get emotionally attached to players mm-hmm. i'm an Astros fan first and foremost um you know if you remember back in 2004 when there was the 
you know, the Astros were deciding whether to keep Jeff Kent or Craig Biggio. I want to keep Jeff Kent. I mean, he was a better player at that time. You know, he, he just, he was a better player than, than Biggio was at that time of their career. Uh, but, you know, because Biggio was going for 3,000 hits, was kind of the face of the franchise, everybody else wanted to keep Biggio. Um, but, you know, I, I just said, give me the better player. And in, and in 2004, 2005, the better player was Jeff Kent at that time. So the same thing here. I mean, I, I love Altuve as a person, but I think of the four players, he's going to give you the least value of the four going forward. If all four of these guys had equal durability, Correa would be my first choice. And, you know, if, if I was – before I even thought about this, you know, looking at all the different combinations, I wouldn't even have picked Bregman. I don't know why. I don't know why, but, I mean, he just – I would have picked Springer. Like I said, I would have picked, picked Springer and Correa just based on that I like them better, and I think they're exciting, and they're the – you know what I mean? They give a lot of energy and heart to the team. And then, you know, I just – I changed my mind, and somehow – I mean, Bregman's at the top top of the list on every category I came up with. And so, you know, that it is what it is, and the public has spoke, and they say they agree with you, buddy, 63%. Yep. I mean, I just, you know, I, I, it's just, I think that's the, again, everyone has their opinion, so I'm not disputing your opinion. I just think for me, right. those are easily the two because of their age. Right. You know, and they, you know, they, they'll give you, you still got their best years ahead of them as opposed to Springer out too. They, their best years probably behind them. Right. All right. So let's go to the second one. We got five topics here. That was number one. Uh, these shouldn't take us long. Uh, Springer and Brantley likely out. We will have Jordan back in the lineup. If we don't pick up any outfielders, are we okay with our lineup with Miles Straw and Chaz McCormick in there? No, <laughs> no, no, we're not. I'm not. Um, you know, I still think there's a chance Brantley comes back. I, Springer, in my mind, I, he's gone. He's he's not coming back. I mean, I should say that maybe there's a slight chance that maybe at the last second Crane, you know, just said, okay, we got to have him back. But <clears throat> excuse me, I'm a little congested. I don't see I don't see Springer at all coming back. I think Brantley no. I think Brantley wants to come back. I just think it comes down to money. Um, so I'm still holding. I hope Brantley comes back. Um, I think and, I read something that they that the Astros are 21 million under the luxury tax that they still have some money to spend. So right. I, I mean, I honestly believe if we just got Brantley back, that we we would be okay with the addition of Jordan that we could withstand having Miles Straw in center field. Because, I mean, I don't know if they have the money to pick up two new guys. I mean, how, how much better offensively was Reddick than Miles Straw? I mean, not too much. I mean, maybe Miles Straw gets some more playing time, maybe he comes around. But I think we need two outfielders. But like I said, you, you look how good we were last year, but we did that without Jordan. So I think we'll be okay with with one weak guy in there, it's all right. Yeah, I, I, I'm with, I mean, I could, I'd like to have somebody else decide Straw, but if we brought Brantley back, I could live with Straw in center field. <clears throat> and maybe go out and get someone like a Jared Dyson, someone just a real, you know, maybe a, just a spare part, uh, just in case Straw just completely tanks. But, you know, he could bat him ninth. He's got speed. He's a decent defensive center fielder. Um, his bat's not good, but, I mean, a lot of teams have a weak bat in center field. So if they brought Brantley back, the offense would still be very potent where you could live with strong, yeah. in my opinion. Um, I mean, you also have 
you got to look at uh, Diaz. Aledbus Diaz could play outfield. I mean, when he's not filling in for guys to take days off. So, I mean, it'd be kind of like how when we had Marwin Gonzalez, he was the utility guy, but he played a hell of a lot of outfield because we needed him to. You remember in the playoffs, he played a lot of left field. Yes. And um, so we do have Diaz. So we don't have anybody else to play center field. That's the price. People say you have Tucker out there, but I don't think you want Tucker playing center field on a regular basis. Um, You know, he's just, that's just not. If you had an outfielder, let's say um, Brantley, Tucker, and I don't know who else, you know, with Tucker in center, that would be one of the worst defensive outfielders in baseball. So, yeah, uh, defensive all outfielders. All yeah. right, so let's say we let's say we sign one outfielder. Our forty-man roster is full. Who do we cut, trade, get rid of? Who? I mean, I don't know if you looked at the forty-man roster. There's some there's some dead weight in that forty-man. Let me let me pull up the Astros forty-man roster real quick. While you're pulling it up, I'll give you my options here. I would say Toro would be an option. And if you look at the pitchers, I think 25 or 26 of the 40-man roster are pitchers. And I come up with Abreu, Bilek, and Perez. That's the three I come up with. Three pitchers and uh, Abraham Toro. Yeah, I mean, the Astros, they're the one area they probably have depth in the minor leagues pitching. They have plenty of, they have some decent pitching. Um, I'm looking at Navaldo Rodriguez, the some maybe you could probably DFA. I mean, he's what? He's 20, maybe 24 this year. And so I don't know if he's really a high prospect. Um, let me think here. Let me look who else. Maybe Humberto Castellanos. I don't know if there's really much. You know, Lack is definitely one. He's what, 20, 25 this year. So those are guys you could you could let go of as far as pitching. Uh, even Scrub, I'm not so lost. I know he looked his ERA was good last <laughs> year, but I mean his peripherals were not good. He walks a lot of guys. Um, but you know, and he's what, 20, he'll be he'll be 20, he just turned 27. So 26, I'm sorry. So I think uh, someone like Josh James could be trade bait. Could be. Because we don't we don't really need him. No. So there's I mean, there's pitching is one area they have depth. So I, I would think you could you could find some some of these pitchers that are 24, 25 that have really never pitched in the major leagues yet that are yeah. top prospects you could DFA and not not be too concerned. So if you look at the pitchers, we got Grinky, McCullers, Framber, Arquiti, Javier, and you look at the bullpen. If we have eight, you got Presley, Smith, Baez, Stanek, then you got Paredes, Taylor, Rayleigh, and Pruitt, and that leaves Scrub. Like Scrub's not even gonna. I mean, if that, I think that's who they're, I think that's going to be the, the 13 pitchers we come out with. And, and Scrub's not even going to be on the team. So, you know, based on, I, I think he did well enough that he would be some, he would be pretty decent trade bait for maybe a, an outfielder, somebody yeah. like an older outfielder, maybe with that doesn't cost very much. Or even just get some, you know, just some more minor league depth. If he just felt like he needed to clear a space and trade him, you probably could get a, Minor leaguer that you could just add, just not even add to the forty-man roster. Just leave, put in the double A or, or single A, and um, if you needed a roster spot, just trade scrub or something like that. Um, but there, and I, but I, my thinking isn't Austin Pruitt have some injury issues where he's not going to be ready to start the season. Oh, Pruitt. Yeah, I thought he's I, still I, not ready. I don't think so, but I'll have to I'll have to look that up. Okay. Yeah, he hasn't played yet. That's pretty disappointing. Yeah, so I guess I would put Scrub in the on the team then. Um, 
I mean, you got a Brayu. That guy has potential, but who knows? That's what I had. Abreu, Belak, Sinel, Perez, and James, along with Toro. I mean, I don't know. But, I mean, Toro may be needed. Do you think they would move Toro to – I mean, Toro could be the third baseman, and they move Bregman over to short, or do you think Bregman's just become a third baseman now? Yeah, I mean, I, I think they'll want to hang on to Toro in case um, Correa has recurring issues with his back because they have no ultimate shortstop besides Bregman. So yeah. They'd have to, I think they want to keep Toro to play third and put Bregman at short if Correa's back injuries resurface. Yeah, the only other guy they have on the 40-man is Nova. Yeah, I don't think he's ready. His no. All right, so I'll, I'm going to go to this next one. Do the Astros need a closer? Uh, I, you know, I, I'm not, I don't put too much into stats from last year. I think I put this on Twitter. It was such an anomaly of a season last year. So I'm not going to read too much into Presley's struggles as a closer last year. I mean, he was dominant for, as a setup guy in, in 18 and 19. Um, so, I, I mean, I think he can still do it. Or at least, at least I'm not going to judge him as an ability to close games out based on last year. Um, so I'm not – I'd like to have a you know, Brad Hand or a um, Alex Colomay, something like that, or even a Rosenthal if we can get them. But if not, as long as we bring back some outfielder or two, um, I think we can live with the bullpen we have right now. Yeah, my answer I wrote down was no. I would like, I mean, I'm like you. I mean, if they sign someone that's a, a shutdown closer at the end that has experience, you know, because it's a, it's a different animal to be the eighth inning guy as, as the closer. But I, I think we're good. I mean, you know, with Joe Smith and this. Baez and Stanek, I think we're good the way we are. And I, I think we need to spend that money on the outfielders. Uh, but they said they are still, you know, talking to pitchers. So who knows what they're going to do. And the final question for you, buddy, before I let you go. If the Astros reach the American League Championship Series again, that'll be, what, five years in a row? Right. Does Dusty Baker stay? Or do they keep him? However you want to word that. I, I, well, Dusty's getting up there in age. So, uh, if they reach the ALCS again, I'm sure they'll talk to Dusty about coming back. I think it comes down to whether Dusty wants to come back. Uh, he may just decide, you know what, you know, <laughs> I mean, he's 70, what, 73 this year, maybe? Um, yeah. He may decide that this is it for him. He gave it his best shot and it's time to go. But, um, I think if they do get that far, the Astros will at least talk to him about coming back. Yeah. So this, this could be the last, the last chance for uh, for uh, Dusty, and and I think he's gonna have a good team. I mean, I I like the way our team looks. I mean, you know, we lose uh, Springer and Brantley. Maybe Brantley will come back, and you're kind of worried about it a little bit. But I mean, I'm looking at our team, you know, because I was looking at the forty man before we came on, and I think we're good. I think we're good to go. We'll win the West easily. We got a lot of playoff experience. I'm looking forward to the season. I think we're gonna do great. Yeah, I, I would, I mean, the answer is, especially if they bring Brantley back, um, I think they'll be the favorites to win the AOS this year. Um, the A's, are, they lost Hendricks. They're probably going to lose um, Simeon at shortstop. Um, you know, they'll, they'll get Chapman back. But I, you know, the A's don't have any money to spend. That's just, you know, they just don't. So I got to think the Astros will be the favorites in the AOS. Um, so... And then it just comes down to, you know, we don't even know how the playoffs are going to shake out. How many teams are going to be involved in the playoffs this year? 
you know, what the playoff format's going to be like. You know, so there's a lot still to be decided in that regards. Um, but I, I would think so. Even if they got second place in the AL West, they could probably would still make the playoffs just like last year. True. I, I think they're going to win it. I'm not worried about it. I mean, the, the Angels just don't sign pitching. I don't understand what their problem is, but yeah, I think we're going to win. And uh, what do you got? You got anything else? I'd say if the Eagles went out and got Trevor Bauer, that they, they would be a threat, you know, because they, they do have a good offense. They can hit, but they have no pitching. And, you know, the starting pitching is, is uh, fairly weak. Um, but if they, if they were to sign someone like Trevor Bauer, and that seems to be the one team that people keep mentioning for Trevor Bauer is the Angels, but then that changes a little bit for them because then they've got a, you know, a, a top of the rotation pitcher, which they don't have right now. True. All right, Tim, I appreciate you coming on. That's all I got, buddy. I hope you enjoyed coming on. I enjoyed having you, and I uh, appreciate you coming on, bud. Yeah, reach out to me anytime. I really enjoyed it. All right, thanks. You well, we, uh, thanks for tuning in, guys. Thanks, Tim, once again, and we'll see you next time on Astros Baseball. Thanks for listening to this episode of Astros Baseball. Make sure to subscribe so that way you will be alerted when there is a new episode. Follow Rob on Twitter at Rob Fontenot. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.